Hello and welcome to 15 Minutes in Hell. It's a 15-minute interview show joined today by Steve Winkowski of Urinating Trees. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. So you're a successful YouTuber, but how do you actually explain your job to people who don't know what that is? Well, <laughs> I tend to do multiple things. Right. I would technically prefer to say I'm a shit poster, but I don't think that really pans out in terms of average person. It's like, okay, so how do you make money off that? So what I usually do, I say it's usually online video production. So right, I, I'd say that doesn't really lie for the most no, part. No, it's, so. it's technically the truth. So is this your full time gig now? Yeah, it's been for a little over five years. I noticed in late October because that's when I left the restaurant industry because I was doing both waiting tables in this for a little bit. Then I realized I right. had to choose. So I'm like, okay, let's choose this because it might have higher upside, and I couldn't do both. Right. In hindsight, I probably made the right choice because you know 2020 and COVID happened, and a lot of the restaurants just just didn't yeah up. shit shit the bed at that point because mm-hmm. well due to society. Well, that actually brings me to another question because we'll get to the sports stuff. But what made you move away from politics? Because you had some very good stuff on that. I would say the thing with the politics is I feel like I pivoted more towards sports and technically right. thinking about it with that sort of stuff. I don't think people want to hear about politics. It's because it, like, you alien, immediately, immediately alienate one side of your fan base either right. way. Because that's just the way things are. It's very splintered. It's uh, And I had some, uh, well, let's, just, let's just say some opinionated stuff that uh, didn't really respond well to one no. side of the aisle. No. So, <laughs> you think? <laughs> you, you, you think, well, but now you're full-blown sports and... I gotta ask, do you consider yourself a hater, or is that just a title thing? I think I, I I'd say I'm a hater, mostly right. because like it's just the way I am. I'm just I was born cynical, so right. I would say it's partially that. I mean, I feel like I've mellowed out over time, but for the most part, it's just like I've always felt like the deadliest weapon's the truth. So if I can right. just like use the truth to like sting people, then I guess that works. It's funny, I, I have been regularly called a hater as well, but people don't understand, hate, being a hater is loving something so much you must say something. Well, the opposite of love is apathy. That's what right. people tend to forget. Hate is healthy. If you're not getting hate, you're doing something wrong. And which is why, like, for me, like, I get hate online a good bit, but at the end of the day, like, I, I fling shit, I should expect it back. That's right. how things are. And if it's just like there's no reaction to it, it means you're doing something wrong. Have you ever had any responses from the teams themselves or players themselves? Uh, not from the players or teams. I know um, I've had a couple situations. Like, I know the Steelers blocked me on Twitter a, like a long time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I still don't I know how block it happened, something but, finally. Well, I mean, it, it, it's getting better now. It's getting better now. Yeah. But uh, I would say um, I know there are a few players that have blocked me. I realized Deshaun Watson blocked me on Twitter like a well, – no I, I don't know when that happened, but, I mean, apparently he blocks everyone. So it's – Yeah. I, gross guy. Nasty yeah. fella. Mm-hmm. Are there any teams you actually truly hate, hate, though? Ooh. I mean, I got to say, like, well, anything Philadelphia. Because, of course. I mean, you know, in st- city state rivalry, stuff like that. Uh, I have like a sort of like quiet hatred for Penn State because it, there's right. just a bunch of fans of those around here. The way they were talking after Sandusky, Paterno, the statue. Well, I went but, to Penn State and I don't take any offense to that because I lost a good amount of friends over that. 
mostly because a lot of people responded with, but he won a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the whole thing. He said, like, oh, he didn't know any better. It's like, yeah, uh, he, he, he enabled the so child did. molester for decades, dude. He knew. Uh, and, and, and trust me, I have family that went to Penn State. My sister went to Penn State, so I've got nothing against them. But it's just, look, I'm a Pitt fan, too. I'm going to take pleasure in ribbing in Penn State, keep always losing to Michigan course. and Ohio State. I personally hope James Franklin stays that head coach for a long time. I I, 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 I do too. And I think it's it's funny being British and watching college sports because we just don't... If you told someone in England, oh, I'm going to go and support my local college sports team, they would think you were somewhere between a weirdo and a pedophile. I'm not referring to the politicians over there either, but it's it, it's interesting. The, the sports culture is just so different in America. Have it's, you... Have you ever dug into the... Have you ever watched, like, soccer or anything? I've watched a little bit, especially with the World Cup. I mean, yeah. like, it, they make the NFL fan base look casual. Yes. Over there, especially with a lot of the stuff happening. Because, oh, trust me. I mean, you hear about some of the stuff from the Arsenal fan base, Liverpool mm-hmm. fan base, Man City, Man U. They are rabid. Even, like, but, some of the lower tiers, like Champions League or... And, like- and well, QPR is my team, and they're deep in the, in the bowels... They should, by the way, let people relegate in American sports as well. I think oh, it's very easily. educational to easily. destroy teams. I mean, but, that would be it would make things a lot better. Let's be honest. If we had relegation, just dropping the Patriots into the SEC for a bit. Eh, not even the SEC dropping the high school at this road. That would be great. <laughs> that'd be that'd be wonderful. So, actually, on the subject of the NFL, I was talking to David Roth from Defector about this on the show, and I was wondering, do you think the the NFL is even ethical to watch anymore? I think there's a combination of factors there. I think there's a lot of games that are just completely unwatchable for a variety of reasons. I think the offense has gotten very sloppy in a lot of aspects. Defenders can't really defend in many aspects. There are players getting fined. Like I think there was something that just came out from the uh, NFL. Like They've apparently fined more players over the past like uh, like six months than they have in a whole year. I looked it up right now. Yeah. The entire 2022 NFL season, 166 infractions with a $15,448,000 in fines. This year, 326 infractions by week 11, and it's already broken over $15,500,000. And most of these are just like weird things like Odell Beckham giving the peace sign. He got fined $20,000 for it. Josh Allen pointing at somebody. That was $20,000. Um... Jalen Warren getting fined $40,000, an entire paycheck for blocking. Josh J- Jacobs got the same thing. I'm on, I'm on Ross St. Brown. So these are just, they, they're getting fined for playing football. And most of the time is, it's more the officials making it about themselves. Did you see the uh, Texans-Jags game last night? No, I it did was, not. It was, it was just, it was bad because there were a lot of really ticky-tacky defensive pass interference penalties called that just, it, it made the game about them. And it just well, turned... The ethics it, for me is questionable with the the injuries is mm-hmm. more what I'm thinking. Because, it first of all, the product on the field sucks. It's unwatchable of. in some aspects. But also men keep nearly dying. It's, it's a combination of that. I think, like, it, it, that's a multifaceted issue, I would say. Because with injuries, I think a part of the issue, too, is players are faster, stronger, more agile, more physical than they have ever been before. And the only thing, guess what you can't develop? 
bones, joints, and ligaments. So there's a lot of issues there. There's issues with MetLife's turf, which I think that whole stadium's cursed. They should just race that to the ground. Yes. And then there's... Uh, so I think there's... I think as well... The NFL is going to change. I think there's going to be a time where they just get rid of the pads. But I think it's already trending towards that point, especially with how things are getting smaller. Wouldn't the pads get the more... Sorry, perhaps I'm, I'm ignorant on this. Well, Wouldn't having the less pads hurt them more? Well, they're going to actually get rid of contact. I think that's what's going to happen. That's probably Which, for the best, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it's going to take away from some of the NFL issue. I mean... Like the uh, as I said, football is a contact sport. If you actually look back into its past, back in like the late nineteenth, early twentieth century, they, they nearly banned the sport because people kept dying at an alarming rate, just because it was played like rugby back then. They had no equipment, yeah. no padding. So I think like I, I always struck it as more of an inevitability. It sucks that players get injured, and and I think like some, a situation like a Demar Hamlin, it just like that yeah. was just a fluke circumstance. Completely, and yeah, and that was definitely was it Tyler Boyd who hit him? It was I, I forget who it was, but I know but, it was like a, just like a commotio cordis where it just like it just hit at like the worst possible and, time. And I think the thing with it as well is the amount. I wonder if the injuries have gone up over time because this is the natural output, in my opinion, of sports science just mm-hmm. creating monstrous man just incredible that they can look and move and the way they can move their bodies at the size they are is truly insane plus the fact that these young men are told basically to kill from a young Mm -hmm. age they're told to hit hard play hard and the natural result is going to be this and at some point we got lucky with Damar Hamlin that he didn't die but someone's going to die on national tv and that's the point at which I don't even know what the hell the NFL does. Will they get to non-contact? I think there's uh, there's actually been an issue with this in hockey. Uh, have you heard of Adam Johnson? Not, he was played ahead. in the British League. He played in, oh, in, in yes. the Pittsburgh Penguins for a brief moment. What happened was it was just like a fluke circumstance where a player's skate just came up and cut his neck. Yes. And, I, and it's just like it's gruesome shit. The dude died. Yeah. So what happened now is every league is starting to mandate uh, neck protectors now. Right. So usually, unfortunately, I know it's like a really sad, uh, damning indictment of life itself. It takes death to really change things. NASCAR was the same way. It took Dale Earnhardt's death to really improve players, uh, like driver safety, and there hasn't been a death in NASCAR since. So there's a combination of that as well. I, I mean, I don't want to be morbid. There may be someone. There have been players that have become paraplegic, quadriplegic over oh, yeah. the years. Uh, Daryl uh, Stingley is the most notable one. I mean, the what, like third or fourth Penn State game I saw in 2005, I watched Michael Robinson break a guy's arm. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was cheering. And I was like, is this good? Do do we like this? And everyone was like, yeah, because he's on the other side. I, I suppose being a British soccer fan, I can't really moralize violence, can I? Mm-hmm. But, but okay. Happy well, it varies on the type of violence, per se. Yeah. I mean. So, happier subject. Are there any sports you really enjoy at the moment? Is there I any mean, league that you actually think is doing it right? Well, I would love to say the NHL, but the league keeps getting in its own way. I How think so? With, well, the NHL right now is in a bit of an identity crisis. They are trying to... They're so afraid of trying to alienate both sides of their fan base. There's one that's like the hyper-progressive side that wants to just, you know, just like 
make big changes. And then there's the other side, which is the old boys club side, which wants to change nothing. What, what are the, the progressive like changes they're looking to make? Well, they're looking to make, you know, more inclusion, more progressivity. Uh, I would say just like the, the removal of the boys clubs, per se. Right. So I would say mostly those regards. But, I mean, if, if you, you see on Twitter, there's a bunch of those around. <laughs> well, I know there was a whole scandal, scandal, quote unquote, about someone daring to wear LGBTQ. Yeah, the, the rainbow flag. Fl- yep. That's the thing with the NHL. It's they're so afraid of making like offending anybody that they just said, "Nope, we're not doing it anymore." Which, at that point, you're just uh, uh, silencing expression. Right. It's the same thing happened with Mark Andre Fleury. He wasn't allowed to wear like a helm, uh, like a goalie mask that was honoring his wife's indigenous heritage. And the issue there, uh, because like they were just so afraid of like offending just anybody. With it, which it wasn't even offensive. It was just honoring her heritage. It was a really cool mask. Seems very nice. He still nice, wore it yeah. anyway because it's just Hell like, yeah. okay, screw it. I'm wearing it anyway. But it, that's the problem with the NHL. It's just like they're just they're they're in a like they're in an identity crisis, and they don't they have no idea how to run with it. They're having a lot of issues with like attendance is starting to dwindle in a few areas. Not to mention they're a more brick and mortar company. The RSNs are having issues as well. So televised issues there there's another problem that they have to come to as well it is so weird that there are multiple sports teams just having straight up business issues like the san San, San, jesus san diego padres Mm -hmm. who just like cannot afford to run a sports team right now well the thing with the also the owner dying doesn't the owner died well they had a 250 million dollar payroll right and the problem was their rsn deal lapsed in the middle of the season and so RSN what happened being... is they a regional sports network, which means cool. in certain aspects where they have a middleman. Like for example, we had AT and T Sportsnet, which was run by Warner Brothers Discovery. A lot of the uh, the the teams they have deals with, like Bally, like Diamond Sports Network, Bally right. Sports, um, like AT and like uh, Comcast. For sure. example, so these RSNs will pay them potentially well tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars a year to broadcast their games and rights. Problem is now it's with the rise of the drop of cable and the rise of streaming, it's become nowhere near as lucrative and the deals are just like just albatrosses for the company. So they're trying to get out. So what happened was like with uh, Bally declared bankruptcy this past year, Warner Brothers Discovery just said, we're done. We want to pull out. So, for example, with Pittsburgh, they actually they uh, the Penguins just took it on themselves. So the Penguins and Pirates are broadcasting their own like teams are starting to become their own RSNs, which is good because it could eliminate the region locks. Like, for example, there are some like aspects where if you live in Las Vegas or Iowa, you are not allowed to watch roughly of like a fifth of the teams in baseball yeah. which is ridiculous because there's there are no teams near them it's just like where the, how the tower, territories are like aligned but at the same time you're going to lose tens of millions of dollars for example the padres they lost tens of millions of dollars because their arsen deal lapsed in the middle of the year which right. means that they had to take out a 50 million dollar loan just to meet payroll and now they're going to have to shed payroll just because they're going to lose a lot of um, just money in the process. And I think a lot of teams are starting to turn into that. The Milwaukee Brewers are an issue there. The Twins are looking to shed payroll. The um, the White Sox might be looking to shed payroll. The uh, Cleveland Guardians, they're also starting to shed payroll. So, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a, a situation where there's going to be a lot of short-term pain. But it may end up working out better because it's not on, in an unsustainable economic model. Right. 
Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been an absolute Absolutely. pleasure. So, thank you, Ed. You've been listening to 15 Minutes in Hell. Nearly forgot the name of the show there. That's bad. You can find <laughs> us on wheresyoured.at slash podcast. Find the newsletter at wheresyoured.at. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. I'm... <laughs>